Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Gaia.com, the on-demand streaming TV service that helps you achieve your highest potential at your convenience. To get your first month at only 99 cents, visit gaia.com forward slash my seven chakras. My seven chakras, episode 221. In the moment when we are connected with Mother Earth, we are connected with the universe. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My Seven Chakras, and now... Your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras, the show where we dive deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom that will help you find your life's purpose and beyond. So, if you have a burning question about the mysteries around you, about life and within you, then you are at the right spot. But before diving into today's interview, I'd like to ask you one question. Do you like coming across new and exciting spiritual books to read? If the answer is yes, then you will love what I have in store for you. I've put together a document containing 21 must-read spiritual books that have been recommended by our special guest that come on our show. And you're going to really love this uh, list that I put together. Uh, To download the list, all you got to do is visit the link my7chakras.com forward slash reading list. Once again, that's our website, my7chakras.com forward slash reading list. Download it, print it out, and then read those books one by one until you get a completely new perspective on life as well as the universe that is within you. You're going to love this one. And with that, I am really excited to bring you our featured guest for today, Daniel Mittal. Daniel Are you ready to inspire? Oh, yes. Thank you, Aditya. Thank you for uh, your wonderful uh, uh, podcast and the difference you are making on this uh, world with this beautiful, beautiful uh, 
radio shows. Thank you. Thank you so much. Daniel Mittal is a world traveler master helping people understand their intimate connection to their inner selves. He is the first person in the world in modern times to explain and define the origin of the ancient heart imagery system. Heart imagery, the ancient system that originates from ancient Tibetan, Sumerian and Vedic spiritual mystery schools is connected to the highest number of mystery school 555. It is related to the Adamic race with the power of dreaming and reversing the past, present and the future. Daniel began teaching Zen meditation in 1981 and from 81 to 92 he practiced the spinal breathing meditation, later found out that in fact he was practicing the Kriya Pranayama of Kriya Yoga Great Master Babaji. He has been teaching heart imagery workshops worldwide since 96. After spending a couple of years in meditation in north of Tibet in 1999, Daniel created the School of Heart. Ten years later, in Toronto, he created the School of Meditation. Daniel also teaches three very important workshops, Kriya Yoga, the spinal breathing, the power of the heart and inner healing and journeys into the heart and he's actually here for the second time on my seven chakras so welcome to the show daniel thank you thank you and uh, much love and uh, hello to the uh, all people who are listening to us and uh, from all my heart i just want to say how grateful I am to be here again. Awesome. So, in fact, I am really grateful, uh, Daniel, that you have taken your time to appear on our show, even though uh, if somebody looks at your schedule, they will know that you're a really busy person, like you're traveling all the time, you're conducting workshops, uh, you're, you're giving lectures, you're teaching kids as well, you do a lot of work for kids and teach them meditation. So you're doing so many things, but at the same time, you've taken out time to speak with us and speak to Action Tribe. So really grateful for that uh, and for coming on our show the second time around yeah thank you it's it's funny you said that because uh, two weeks ago now now i'm here in toronto but the last weekend i was teaching in san diego and uh, two weeks ago actually on on uh, monday i was in uh, bucharest and tuesday i was flying to london on wednesday from london i was flying to toronto and on thursday i was flying to san diego so i was in four days in four different uh, city the old world distance i would say so for me it was such a funny experience to go from one airplane to another and to meditate up there i really enjoyed <laughs> wonderful wonderful and also i mean not just traveling but traveling and doing something that calls to you right and doing something that really helps you contribute to the world in a completely different way and changing so many lives right so it takes the uh, fatigue i guess or uh, you know tiredness takes on a whole new different meaning right i'm guessing absolutely sure yes <laughs> so uh, once again thanks a lot for joining us let's begin with uh, what we always begin with which is an inspirational quote so my question is what is your favorite inspirational quote as on today and how do you apply that quote in your life well I have to remember what a really good uh, friend and mentor and uh, like a father for me, Dramalo Melchizedek, uh, said in uh, in a book that we wrote together, actually, Journeys into the Heart. And uh, he wrote, he said there uh, the fact that in the, the moment when we are connected with Mother Earth, we are connected with the universe. Um, this is the quote from uh, from this book that we wrote together, our last book. And um, I I believe um, I apply this even when I am not teaching Mother 
oh, I'm, 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 I'm not touching mother, I'm not uh, teaching uh, really a group of people like I'm in an airplane, so, or, or I'm just walking, or I'm just, um, like now I'm in this huge building, I'm at level 22nd, and um, I can still feel Mother Earth energy. I, I, I apply it. I know it's, it's here, it's with me, it's in my heart. I, I think this is a really important um, inspirational quote that all the humanity, especially today, if we see what's going on all over the world with uh, how much destruction um, is, is happening all over the world with, with uh, forests, with the water, with, with the mountains, I, I think we really need to connect with Mother Earth. And uh, when we do that, we really connect with our hearts. And if we connect with our heart, as Dramula said, we are connected with the, uh, the universe. Very important thing. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing that really powerful quote. Action Tribe, um, connection does not have to be complex. It can be as simple as reestablishing that connection with Mother Earth. Um, for example, if you're stressed out or if you're worried, uh, maybe you're at your office or maybe you're outdoors somewhere, just take out your slippers and go for a walk or a stroll in the beach or maybe on the earth. Because when you, once you, you know, establish that connection with Mother Earth, as we're learning today, you connect with your heart. And once you connect with your heart, you connect with the universe. Uh, so Daniel, let's start this interview from the very beginning. Could you talk to us about any recollection that you have from your early childhood days? How did it all begin for you? Oh, that's a very good question. My mom told me when I was a child, I was like one year and a half. Mm -hmm. I used to effectively to steal on her uh, plastic bucket that she used to take that she, she used to wash these things hand in that time we didn't have a washing machine with the hand and she she used to go outside with this small plastic uh, bucket and i was to take it after she 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 put it back in the house and to turn it the other way and i used to stay there in the, with my legs in lotus posture my, my mom told me and with my eyes closed so i was just um, later i remember already like i was two years and a half, three years when I started to have the recollection of me sitting on that plastic bucket and uh, closing my eyes and my tongue was uh, touching the roof of the mouth. I still remember my, my brother was making fun of me, saying, what's wrong with you? Why you keep the tongue up on the roof of the mouth? For me, it was like I really thought all the people are keeping the tongue on the roof of the mouth. And it's just part of the Kriya Yoga, this Kecharya Mudra, actually. So I really, I, I thought that's normal when my, my brother told me, no, that's, put your tongue down. I said, no, no, I feel better with my tongue up. And it was funny, I have this uh, memories, this uh, recollection of, of my early, really early childhood. Oh, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for... Uh, uh, my mom and my my grandfather actually he was uh, uh, one of the uh, high priests in the, the Orthodox Church and he was leading that and they allow me beyond their I would say the Orthodox Church the the Catholic Church but especially the Orthodox Church they have their really strictly rules and and my my grandfather was such a wise man he really understood what 
that it's something a connection with divinity that uh, his grandson has with with uh, the universe and at that time I was just two years old he allowed me to he didn't say anything to my, my mom like I was doing something wrong or uh, in, in a time where really we're talking about 1969 1970 when when in the uh, orthodox culture there was no such thing as yoga lotus posture and I was very very fortunate to be surrounded by really I would say wonderful people uh, my my parents my grandparents my my brother and all the all my friends they um, they saw me as a I wouldn't say as a case <laughs> I, I it, it would be maybe too much to say that, but they had a sort of understanding, and uh, I, I would like to say they tolerate my behavior, sitting hours and hours in quietness on, on that plastic uh, bucket, and just uh, I was just quiet with my spine straight and my eyes closed and my tongue up, and I could feel it on my spine. It was like drops. Like, like tingling, like drops of light. I, I, it was very interesting, my feeling when I was a child. I, I, always, I always like to touch my spine and to, to feel like inside there were like circles of light. Late, late, later I understood, in fact, it was the energy moving from the base of the spine going up and down. I understood, let's say, in a different way. But when I was a child, I really enjoyed this uh, really cold, really nice feeling of, of energy moving in my body. I think that was the main thing that pushed me to stay in that posture hours and hours because I really felt like I, I was um, transparent, I would say. I was uh, like I, I didn't exist. I was air. I was uh, all over. And it was so good for me to, like, uh, all, all the time I was telling my mother what she used to, to talk with my brother or with my, my father and there were like five or six rooms uh, far away from me and I, I was telling them why did you say that and my mom said how do you know you are here all the time because on this transparency I could hear in a different way not in a normal way and, and it was for me a really good experience later I understood of course in a different way what happened to me but as a start point in in this life I'm talking, not other, another life, as a starting point for me was a really a really good experience, powerful experience. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing that with us. It's so incredible to note that some of the experiences that we have as children, especially spiritual experiences, uh, are so integral to uh, our adult life right and how we are able to connect with spirit so in, in in my case when i was a kid yoga was sort of compulsory in my school we had uh, you know one of the lectures which was a yoga lecture and uh, out of all the postures uh, the part that i liked the most was uh, shavasana which was towards the very end and uh, i still remember the teacher used to guide us uh, towards moving our consciousness uh, throughout the different parts of the body and relaxing them one by one and uh, at that point, 
I did not logically know what was happening, but I just knew that I enjoyed the experience of relaxation, and that was it. I did it for a couple of years, and then, uh, you know, in school, uh, it, you know, academics t- takes up right uh, most of your part at a later stage. Yes. But then, those vivid memories helped me reconnect with uh, meditation and spirituality uh, much later on. So thanks a lot for. uh bring that into our uh imagination right now now i want to just quickly ask you uh in fact coming back to the present what exactly is heart imagery heart imagery is i would say the grand 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 father or grandmother doesn't matter how we 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 say it of the whole whole spiritual system on this planet in a sense that um if if we read the sumerian tablets and if we listen to the great master from tibet and if we listen we uh, from the kabbalistic great master from jerusalem and if we listen to the master the mayans that they are talking about that system when an image used to change you even uh, carlos castaneda in his books is talking about imagery Anastasia, uh, the great master from Siberia, she's talking about uh, imagery. Uh, tai Chi is imagery. Uh, Qigong is imagery. So basically, it seems that uh, around 38,000 years ago, when the Adamic race start to move after the first garden, actually there were three gardens of Eden. It was one that is down now in Mediterranean Sea, the Cyprus. The island of Cyprus is the only piece that remained. Uh, so, uh, 38,000 years ago, Sicilia was connected with Africa. From the geologists can confirm that, and it was a pan island there. That was the first Garden of Eden. But the second Garden of Eden was uh, where is the Mesopotamia? Where was Mesopotamia? Now is that place is all the the area of Iraq and Kuwait and the north. towards Egypt right Mesopotamia that was the second garden but there is a place the, the third garden where not too many people know about it i think the only book where it is written about this is Urantia and this place is right near the Caspic Sea it's an area which is between Iran and Turkmenistan it's a mountain there is called Kapet Dog this Kapet Dog mountain So right there it was the third garden of Eden. And Eden is coming I don't know how many people know about that but the name of the place the uh headquarter I would say of our constellation is it's Edentia Eden Edentia from there is coming garden of Eden. They have some gardens there in the fourth and fifth dimension that it is there are breathtaking. So we call it garden of eden from there so the third garden had a team there we call it the violet race or adamic race that the first and the most important system they used was heart imagery in a sense that there was no there were no meditation in that time it was just a connection with the heart because the heart contains the whole universe so they learned to connect with the heart and from the heart they learned to use different images so the master who was teaching them 
was he or she or what they were giving images and based on these images in the physical body and the, the mental body which is the left brain moving the energy to the left around the body and inside the body and the emotional body which is the right brain moving the energy to the right at the same time the left brain and right brain they move energy like two two vortexes, two rotating fields around us. These are the mental and the emotional bodies. So this was the only way to balance, to harmonize on a planet that we have to remember about uh, Lucifer Rebellion and uh, all what was happening on this planet. We're talking about 200,000 years ago when our planet, unfortunately, they joined this rebellion and they, they call it in the in the holy books, the fall, the fall of the man. So, because we are until that moment, the man, a human being, was able to live six, seven, eight hundred years easy. Our body was 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 using food and light, not just food, how we are using today. But when you use food and light, that brings a performance in yourself that is is. Uh, you know, unequal by by anything, by any pills, by anything we are doing today. So in that moment, on that time, so right after Adam and Eve uh, coming here, and, and unfortunately their default, well, a new system came on this planet from the the master that we call it in that time imagery, heart imagery. And for thousands of years, it was used still in Sumerian tablets. They are talking, they, they, they said about their master god, they call Enil, it was the name. They said, Enil asked us to close our eyes and he gave us an image. And suddenly, all of us, we were healed. Well, this is something very powerful that is coming from something, this clay tablets that are from 20,000 years ago. Um, so basically, all all this technique, heart imagery, it's, it's a, in a way, it's very simple. You just use an image. So a master is giving you an image, you close your eyes, and that image inside of you, and I have to say that we are seven, more than seven billion people, would be sure that if I give, for example, an image a horse. Let's say I, I'll do a heart image with, with the whole planet. I can tell you each person can see this horse in a different way. The color of the horse, the, where is the horse, one is flying, one is in the middle of the universe, one is on eating the green grass. One, just, each person function of your energy, you see the same image in a different way from your perspective. And that helps you to balance your uh, mental, emotional, and physical bodies. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, it's really fascinating to note, like you mentioned, that uh, heart imagery was not uh, used by just one civilization, right? The Sumerians have talked about it, the Kabbalists, Mayans, oh. Toltec wisdom, oh. Tai Chi, and, and, and all these people. And, and, and this was a, started at a time where it was pre-meditation times. It was 
I'm guessing more simple is just the use of different images uh, to heal the body, whether it's the physical body, the mental body, or the image, uh, the emotional body, and and and. Sticking on the same topic of the heart in the you know in a book and during your workshops you talk a lot about the power of the heart and it's so clear that the heart is way more than just an organ that pumps blood right it's it's more powerful than that so could you talk to us a bit more about the power of our hearts? Well, that's that's going to be a long talk. It's my fa- <laughs> this is this is my favorite talk actually. Nice. <laughs> well, um, uh, the the our heart and. It's good you said it's, it's more than just a simple organ. Um, I was talking um, with some really good, um, I would say, maybe the best specialist in the heart uh, research, and I'm talking about the HeartMath, HeartMath Institute from California. And it's interesting to see how even the science today is backing up a lot of uh, spiritual things. Because with, with doctors, with, with experts, they discover this uh, huge electromagnetic field around the heart that we're not talking here about like half an inch, like the brain electromagnetic field. We're talking here about um, four, five, six feet around us, which is huge. So suddenly we realize that uh, the heart is, is more than that, plus important important, again, another scientific uh, thing that uh, HeartMath came with is, is the fact that the heart sends much more information to the brain than the brain to the heart. And maybe the most interesting thing is that inside of the heart we have more than 40,000 neurons. So basically we can say we have a sort of brain inside of the heart. So basically your brain can take a decision, but your uh, heart from your brain can o- overcome the brain decision if the heart is, is let's say, in control, I would say. Rarely that happens, unfortunately, on our planet. Not too many people. Right. The brain usually is in control. But uh, I, one of the reasons uh, I we're going to talk probably about the, the school of the heart and the power of the heart and the workshop related with the heart. One of the reasons I'm teaching the workshops uh, is because I really, I'm really positive. I really believe in us. I really believe in people. I, and as you said, I'm going, I'm literally going all over the world. Last year I was teaching in 62 countries. Imagine we're talking about 52 weeks. So I had, for example, a couple of weeks when I visited one or two or three countries. So I, I'm, I'm literally going all over the world and I, I see all the cultures and I understand uh, in a different way from a different perspective. And I'm, I'm very, very positive. I believe the power of our hearts eventually, eventually is going to prevail uh, beyond all the things that are happening in uh, all the problems, uh, I, I believe in us, and I believe the power of the heart uh, is, is, is going to change, and we are going to be, all of us, sooner or later, in the heart. We will arrive there. Got it. Now, you spoke about 
the fact that the heart is a very powerful organ way beyond than just the uh, fact that it does pump blood but it's way beyond that uh, and it helps us heal could you talk to us about because during your workshop you teach people how to clean their past right firstly are you referring to healing of our past in this lifetime or several lifetimes before this and then also could you t- tell us why do we need to cleanse our past in the first place of course well um first the heart as the as it's obviously the i would say the generator of, of health in our body because first the heart is, is it's a gate it's it's a portal into the universe and all, all the mystics all the masters we are talking about how if you move your spirit or your attention or intention from the brain down to your heart basically you are going to find a completely new universe and actually the mayans they said that the real universe around us what we see what we touch actually they call it the illusion the maya so it's interesting to understand uh, from from this perspective why the heart it, it is so important and it is um, uh, a healing generator. The second part of the question related with uh, cleaning the past, I would say there should not be a, a, a spiritual or a teacher on this planet that is teaching uh, spiritual uh, topics without going through a cleaning the past uh, session in a sense that you know we are living in a polarity world uh, um, it's inevitable uh, emotional traumas uh, belief patterns and and if we do not clean all these things from the past for us karmic from the karmic point of view it's not easy to achieve let's say that uh, performance that desire to to connect with divinity in, in, in you know in, in a right way whenever we have in the past an emotional trauma that remains in our energy and if we do not clean it it's very first it's very hard to go into the heart this is first thing the second thing that that happens is that Emotional trauma all the time goes again and again and again. It's not like something happened 10 years ago. But because it's inside of you, you will always find something that triggers, again, that emotional trauma. So I would say you are going to live just in the past. So just for, at least for the sake of being healthy and living in the, in the present, I think the cleaning the past is is paramount it's maybe maybe the first thing that any any school of meditation any school of spirituality uh, doesn't matter if it's yoga or tai chi or reiki or anything it has to start with cleaning the past i saw uh hundreds of spiritual teachers they think they are spiritual and they are teaching completely completely wrong uh, the students in a sense that they are not clean now when you are not clean imagine let's say you do a reiki session if you as a teacher 
or as a master, you keep that emotional trauma, that burden that, that brings you in that situation to be all the time in that emotional survival state of mind. How is possible that you can teach or heal other other people? I'm 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 in, I'm very strict on this matter. All my students that are doing uh, are teaching or healing, obligatory they have to go through uh, cleaning the past. And you know you know what's interesting about cleaning the past? Cleaning the past is more than a cleaning. It's a forgiveness. Are you able to forgive your trespassers? Are you able to Forgive the people who hurt you. And even more important, are you able to forgive yourself for maybe some things that you've done it, let's say, not in a, a right way? That's, that's the reason cleaning, cleaning the past is so, so important. And I'm, I'm really grateful you, you mentioned that. I, I really want to say thank you for, for you mentioning this really important uh, part of any spiritual life. Got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, uh, this event that's happening this weekend here in Vancouver, uh, as we speak, uh, you know, the event is happening on the 17th and 18th in Vancouver, which is the uh, Heart Imagery Workshop. Am I correct, Daniel? Yes, it's exactly the the cleaning the past event. What we are talking about. So during that event, you are uh, helping you know the attendees walk through an exercise called cleanse your dream. Is that correct? What exactly happens during the cleanse your dream exercise? Correct. Yeah, that's very important. Uh, once we manage to clean our past, I would say the past that we are able to to remember because when we when when we are let's say during the day we are conscious, but there is a part of the past that we are not conscious much. And these this are our dreams. And they are really heavy. People do not understand, but the imagery great pastors, they, they said our dreams and our, let's say, real, if I can call real, uh, daily life, they have exactly the same value from the imagery perspective, because it's it's an image. You it's are, still an image, right? It's just okay. an image. Your brain see an image. It doesn't matter if it's day or night. So when you are in your dreams, why there are so many accidents? People are dying when they are sleeping. They 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 made heart attacks, and because the the body gives the same importance to a dream. That exactly that what's what's happened during the day. So during this workshop, I, I'm teaching uh, some important techniques how to clean the dreams and how to achieve that uh, peace of mind. How many days uh, we have? We are waking up in the morning and we we have this, you know, this we call heavy heart. We had that dream or dreams during the night and and we we woke up with this heavy heart and we, half of the day we were just haunted by how I could dream such a thing, this, uh, this horrible things or whatever. So if we do not learn to clean our dreams, well, it's, it's a, another problem that might really happen in our uh, spiritual um, quest, in our spiritual uh, existence, you know. So it's, this is also part of the school of the heart that I'm teaching and uh, I hope 
I hope uh, a lot of people will will, will really benefit of these uh, techniques. So, uh, you know, since we were speaking about dreams uh, over here and you said that our mind, which is so true, does not differentiate between an image, which is real, and something that is that is a dream. So according to you and according to what you teach, what are dreams? Are they images or are they other dimensions, uh, you know, like astral dimensions, like they say sometimes, or are they just images that are, you know, created by our subconscious mind? Just wanted to get a clear both. idea about dreams. Okay. Both. Both. So, uh, basically, we can dream our subconscious. I would say maybe ninety-nine point nine percent of people they they dream from their subconscious mind, which means images that happen in this life or past life. The subconscious mind are are moving continuously for a simple reason because we didn't clean it. If we are going, if we would be able to clean all our action from all lives, you are you will not even dream. You will be in that state when you are conscious. You are you have these lucid dreams. So basically, our subconscious mind creates these dreams. This is the first uh, part that I would say almost the whole humanity is going for. The second part is how the masters are dreaming, which means they don't have dreams. They just like Yogananda is saying, right? You, you just put your body on the sofa and you get out in your, you call it the astral, we call it dreaming body in imagery. Yeah. And you basically, it's like you let a battery to recharge. Your body is like a battery, right? And, and you leave it to recharge. You, 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 you basically, you are aware 24 hours, seven days. Let me put it like that. So even in your dreams, you are working. In a sense, of course, you are working in a different way. You go to different dimension. You, you do what you have to do there. But yeah. even when you sleep, uh, the masters, they continuously, they are working. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating uh, subject and uh, I'm sure a lot of uh, people I'm, I'm teaching in heart imagery in the first uh, module in the cleaning the past and uh, self-renewal I'm teaching uh, there is a specific uh, part that is dedicated to, to dreams and of course it's for beginners later I, I, I have classes for advanced that when I'm teaching exactly how to, to uh, work with the dreams and how to be able in the dreams to be aware yeah but it's it's a it's a very interesting subject it's part of the mystery school right so i'm sure uh, people will, will find it very very interesting got it now one of the other exercises that uh, you know you'll be going through is the tibetan cleaning the past exercise and when i read that uh, i remember that you spoke about your time in tibet uh, uh-huh. the, during our last interview, uh, so could you sort of revisit uh, that conversation? What brought you to Tibet in the first place? Oh, I, I really didn't program to go there. Actually, <laughs> that time I was just taking a, a trip for just I I, I heard about this uh, beautiful ashram in uh, north of Tibet and. Uh, uh, I ended up in a completely different spot. Uh, my car just uh, went uh, astray and I was 
stuck there on, on the middle of the snow in uh, minus 48 degrees and uh, I just walk uh, actually I was sure I'm going to die I, I, I didn't believe I'm going to make it right. because you don't have any car passing by and um, I just walk like uh, 48 hours I was just singing and uh, yeah uh, because I I, just, I, I knew uh, if it's going to happen at least uh, I'm going happy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at that dimension and uh, I just, uh, I, I, I fall down there into the snow there, the, the, the monks found me. And What uh, was the weather like really quickly before that, as you uh, were walking? It, it was like, a, uh, imagine instead to see the ocean of with water, you see an, the ocean of snow. <laughs> so it's really, wow. yeah, all the snow. And uh, the Tibetan plateau is because of the position it, the, if if you do not know how to uh, where to go and uh, you can get, really get lost and the high altitude and the wind, uh, so I just ended up in this uh, place in this uh, monastery and uh, I stayed there uh, you know a couple of good years. Um, I I honestly I didn't want to remain there. I, I loved working with the great masters, both of them, uh, Karma Dorje and Tenzin Darje. But I was never, uh, my heart was, uh, you know, giving me this, I would say, images to come back. And they, they could see it, actually, because they, they actually pushed me back to, to the world. And uh, just came back and... Uh, I understood how important is is there are things because I until then I was a I wasn't a businessman but I was I was teaching actually in the weekends but I, I work in different companies and but I, I came with completely different perspective and uh, uh, I start teaching uh, I start uh, I start working again for for some good years but I I could I I was doing in a different way from the heart from the perspective, from the unity of the heart. And it's a completely different uh, approach. In fact, your story reminds me of a book that I read recently, which is a fabulous book, by the way. It's not available in, in Canada. And uh, it's called Jesus Lived in India. And uh, uh-huh. so I, I recently visited India, and that's how I saw the book in a local bookstore. But anyway, I'm not sure if you've heard this story, but uh, many years back, hundred, I think a couple of hundred years back, there was a person from Russia, I think his name was Nikolai. He was a traveler traveling in Tibet, he gets oh, yeah, lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, uh, he he was very famous actually, and he he wrote. Yeah. And there is a, in in uh, Moscow there is a museum that okay. is uh, is dedicated to his uh, uh, trips in Tibet. Oh yeah, it's fabulous because you know he speaks about his god or someone he worships. He talks about Jesus, and then they they're sort of looking at him and they said wait, that sounds very familiar because we have our texts and they go through the texts and they talk about someone called Yeshu who visited that area thousands and thousands of years back, Yeah, uh, which was so fabulous. Anyway, uh, you know, action takers, if you haven't checked out that book, Jesus Lived in India, uh, try to get that book. It's not available in Canada, but it'll really change your perspective or maybe inspire you to learn more about uh, that fascinating person named Jesus uh, Christ. Uh, so thanks a lot for sharing that, uh, Daniel. Uh, uh, love the fact that you shared that even though you were in Tibet, you your heart was sort of urging you that your mission lies elsewhere, right? And so you knew it, 
uh, your mentors and teachers knew it and they urged you uh, to go and pursue your mission as well. Uh, in 1991, uh, you started meditating with a Romanian mystic lady, Lady Anna, who connected you with the school of the heart, the school created thousands of years ago. So what school is this? Could you talk to us a bit about that? Well, yes, it's the, the school of the heart is the a school that was created by uh, the first person, the first violet race person that was born on this planet. Um, the legend are talking about the first uh, son of Adam and Eve, Adamson, uh, that he lived around almost 400 years. And um, exactly on that, the third garden on Capet Dag there, he actually created a, a mystic school, we call it the School of the Heart, that later, basically, we are talking about other really great masters that they worked with this school and they were leader of the school. And we're talking about Buddha and Confucius and later Jesus. And uh, so basically, uh, the School of the Heart is one of these mystic schools where um, you have basically some, maybe the most important, I would say, spiritual techniques on this planet. And I'm talking about imagery and I'm talking about heart meditation and I'm talking about uh, the spinal briefing, Kriya Yoga. And also the work with the ch children. So I am really honored um, almost uh, 30 years ago when uh, um, I heard about the school and this uh, mystic, this lady, she connected me with the school and I started to meditate. Uh, and then I, I connected with the, the energy of the school and I could see, sense and feel uh, generation and generation of great masters. So basically, I'm and I'm really honored to lead the school uh, today on, on our planet. And uh, one of the things that uh, soon we're going to have, uh, and I'm 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 really really looking as a really good project, the School of the Heart, to to have teacher trainings. And uh, uh, for me, I, I arrive at this stage when I really have to have. Um, a group of teachers that uh, they have to teach all these ancient methods and um, we're going to have uh, very soon uh, we, we created a beautiful website it's, it's exactly the the school of the heart.com easy to easy to to uh, remember and uh, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to, to this uh, wonderful uh, podcast they, they are going to resonate in their heart and we are going to think uh, maybe it's it's time for them to start uh, you know teaching the ancient uh, methods uh, that are coming from the school of the heart maybe it's time for them to join this school that was created thousands of years ago by this master who understood that the only way to remember who we are is to reconnect with the energy of the heart. So um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the School of the Heart to uh, have more and more. Uh, I, it, it's time when this mystic school, it should become more public school, if I can say that. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm very positive that it's going to be really a beautiful uh, 
is going to make difference on the spiritual world that we are living. Wonderful. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that. Now, another speaking about mystic knowledge and mystic uh, information that can be used to really change uh, our lives and the lives of others around us. Uh, could you talk to us about Kriya Yoga? Uh, what exactly is Kriya Yoga? And, uh, you know, because Kriya Yoga is also called spinal breathing. You, if you could talk a bit about that as well, that would be great. Well, uh, probably I'm sure many uh, of, of our listeners, they, they really understand Kriya Yoga. They remember this ancient yoga spinal breathing system that was uh, revived in modern times by Mahavatar Babaji through his... Uh, first disciple and student Lahiri Mahasaya, the Lord we used to call Lahiri Mahasaya and uh, Kriya the spinal briefing was brought into popular awareness uh, more through Paramahansa Yogananda book right, autobiography of a yogi and um, I would say through Yogananda's work because Yogananda he introduced this practice this meditation somewhere in 1920 uh, when he traveled from India um, in 1917. And the, the system is, is simple, consists of a number of uh, spinal breathing, right? You just inhale from the base of the spine. And is the intention is to ra rapidly accelerate spiritual development of, of, of any practitioner. It, it gives you this state of tranquility and God communion. And the, the interesting thing, Kriya Yoga can be practiced by any person at any age and on any posture you can. I, I, I often practice in the airplane. You, you sit on a, on a, on a uh, chair there and you, you just uh, practice. You just uh, use the spinal breathing. And uh, it's, it's uh, something amazing. The benefits of, of, of Kriya Yoga are, are really, it's an improvement of, uh, physical health, um, uh, breathing ability, flexibility, relaxation, toning of the muscle, uh, flexibility of the sp uh, spinal, um, uh, all these vertebras, and uh, toning of internal organs, the liver, the stomach, the spleen, the kidneys. It's, it's huge. Uh, I'm talking about the physical body, emotional body. You, you clean your negative energy, mental body, calmness. The spirit, you enjoy the life. So it's, it's, it's an amazing uh, system that I, I, I really recommend to, to people that they, they are interested to practice something really, I would say, uh, heavy. <laughs> so Kriya Yoga is something that is, it's easy to, be, to practice and the effect is amazing. Wonderful. Now, I had a question that I wanted to ask you, and I think you would be the right person to answer this question, but uh, because you have a background in Tai Chi as well as uh, Qigong, as well as the uh, uh, you know Indian versions like yoga, Kriya Yoga, meditation, and things like that. So I've heard something called the microcosmic breathing uh -huh. in Qigong. Yes. And I found that very similar to certain forms of Kriya Yoga where you sort of uh, visualize your consciousness, take it up the front channel, up to the third eye, and bring it all the way back down across your back. And something similar in microcosmic breathing as well, what they suggest. So are they two very similar? Absolutely. Um, if, you, if you see the, um, the system of Kriya Yoga, and not just Kriya Yoga overall, 
And if you see the system of, of tau, and you analyze to see how the the great masters from from China and the great master from India, they work their energy. You really realize it's it's almost with with small differences, almost the same thing. In a in a sense that um, in India um, they 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 call the the chakras on on the spine where this. Uh, uh, let's say wheels of energy, right? Well, in in, uh, in in China, for example, the let's say the navel chakra, they call it the Ning Mang, which is considered the gate of energy, uh, like the door of the energy. So uh, there are no uh, differences in the in the technique by itself. There are different names. There are uh, things that they maybe call the different that the, the technique is the same you're right that's true got it thanks a lot for sharing that uh, perspective with us now my question is have you have you met uh, babaji or lahiri mase any of them uh, well babaji came twice in my meditation and he gave me clear uh, instruction how to proceed and how to do sri uh, yukteswar in my one of my previous uh, life he was my physical uh, father he was my real father so I'm very connected with Sri Yukteswar uh, Lahiri I always uh, I consider him uh, f- for me it's a, a really like a, a, a god I, I really love uh, Lahiri and uh, his life story and how he spread uh, uh, Kriya Yoga all over the world and I'm very connected with Yogananda too I just I, I visited uh, Encinitas now in San Diego a couple of days ago, and uh, I took the whole group of, of students that they uh, attended my workshop in San Diego uh, each evening. We went there and we meditated at the temple in San Diego. Uh, amazing. I, I would say amazing. I could feel like I closed my eyes. I started the spinal breathing. And I could literally see uh, that image with Yogananda that is called the last smile. Is the exactly one hour before him to do Mahasamadhi. Uh, there is this beautiful uh, picture with with Yogananda that smile, uh, like like connected with God. I could really see him in front of me, and uh, the students also they they could feel the energy of the of the scent of the master. Uh, he was there, very very powerful. It was a, a really uh, unforgivable experience. You, you know what's funny that you know the fact that you mentioned and you described the smile that uh, that you see him in your uh, inner mind. When I was a kid in India, uh, I didn't know who Paramahansa Yogananda was, but you have these posters, right? Once in a while, and yes, I used yes, to yes, pass yes. by them. And it's you know uh, Paramahansa Yogananda has an uncanny resemblance to my dad actually. <laughs> so I used to see these posters once in a while, and in some way or form, it felt as if he was trying to connect with me. You know, mm. as if he was trying to remind me that you have a mission sometime in the future, uh, you know. And so as I, over the years, later on, when I started the podcast and I got much more into um, these fascinating topics, it sort of brought my, back my childhood memories that, yes, I used to see these posters or pictures once in a while when I was in my school bus, maybe, you know, outside on the road. And it's, you know, it, it just brings uh, back the fact that everything is connected. Yeah, Yogananda, like, uh, it's it's amazing how uh, uh, when, when, if you uh, read the, 
this this story. Uh, so his name Mukunda Lalgosh, the real name, you know, and how through God realization he he became a, a saint, a master. Is such a inspiration for us uh, to see that uh, when in ninety ninety ten he was seventeen, he met uh, Sri Yukteswar, and. Uh, he, I still remember when I was reading uh, years ago uh, autobiography of uh, Yogi, how he said that we enter a, a oneness of silence, like words they 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 didn't they didn't uh, care at, at all. I, I I remember this uh, sentence from from this uh, description on Yoga Ananda met the, the great master Sri Yukteswar when he said, we enter a, a oneness of silence without words, without... Suddenly he sensed the guru that he was looking for, it was in front of him. And for, for me, it was such a, a dramatic description of how, how a great master met another great master. It's, it's such an inspirational story that... Uh, I, I'm, I'm really grateful. Uh, I, I feel in my heart such a, uh, a, a, a I'm so appreciative for, for the fact that uh, such a great master Yogananda took his time to write this book just to let us, for us, something to see that is possible. He, that child Mukunda Lalgosh, arrived at the God realization uh, like so anybody can do it for me it was such a, a an amazing really really amazing uh, story love that well thanks a lot for sharing now uh, for uh, you know, many of our listeners are new to these topics they new to kriya yoga they new to tai chi and they new to this way of living you know the possibilities that exist for our life in this lifetime as well as beyond so uh, help us understand who is Dronvalo Melchizedek and how did you meet him? What's the story behind that? So Dronvalo Melchizedek is um, the first person on this planet that uh, explained the sacred geometry, the flower of life and the Merkaba, the body of light. The Melchizedek team, we call the Melchizedek receivers, are uh, is the team that actually takes care of our planet in this moment. Uh, and we have a Melchizedek, uh, a priest that came in the holy books. It's written uh, like 2,000 years prior to Jesus. It was uh, Machiaventa Melchizedek. He was the first one on this planet who came to help us. Um, and Dramolo, uh, um, he is uh, one of this uh, great master, and he is a walking, actually. This is not his body. And uh, his books uh, sold in millions all over the world, the flower of life, living in the heart, the serpent of light, uh, Mayan Ouroboros, and now we wrote a book together, The Journeys into the Heart. So his books are really probably considered as a pillars of spirituality on this planet. So I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm so grateful that, that in my life I, I had the chance to, to be near this master. I'm very, I'm very close, very, very close to, to Ramolo, couple of weeks ago, I, I was in Sedona and we were meditating together in, in Arizona desert there. So I'm, I'm very, very uh, fortunate to, to be uh, um, near such a great master and uh, 
Dranvalo made a lot of change on this planet. Uh, his trips, he put this crystal and he, he helped the Kundalini of the planet to move from Tibet. Now is is pointing towards Chile because it's a feminine energy. Uh, a lot of things that are are uh, probably I, I should take another two or three interviews with you to <laughs> talk about uh, <laughs> Dranvalo. Got it, got it. Now you spoke about a Merkaba. Could you quickly? Maybe give us a brief overview of what a Merkaba is. Like you mentioned, it might take two to three interviews, but I'm sure many of our listeners are uh, really wanting to know and fascinated. <laughs> oh, sure. So the, the, the Merkaba is the, the body of light. Any person can activate it. Uh, in all the books, all the, the holy books, uh, there are references to the Merkaba in a sense that... Um, uh, in the in the Bible, for example, they are talking about that chariot of fire that uh, Eliah came with, uh, or the Archangel Michael that he has these lights around him. So basically, there are specific energies and there are specific uh, ways of activating this energy around uh, any person. The Merkaba is very important. This body of light can protect you, especially of energies like radiation, pollution. Uh, so it has an important role. And not to mention, you cannot travel from one universe to another if you are not in one of these, let's say, vehicle. So Merkaba is like a vehicle. So Daniel, you shared with us so many things today, so many stories, so many ideas, so many uh, different types of exercises. You spoke to us about that. Uh, based on what you've shared, what is that one action step that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Well, I would go back to the heart because I really believe the heart is really important. Uh, I would go back to, to uh, this workshop that I just had this weekend in, in uh, Toronto, people coming from Canada and USA and from Europe or something a couple of people, and I would just say uh, the most important thing is to stay in the heart, to learn some meditation, to stay into the heart. Uh, um, I would really advise towards this direction. Probably there is no more important time on this planet than now when we are at this, in, I would say, at the intersection of, of our destiny. And... Uh, I would say that's the reason I was talking about the school of the heart because I know now this is a time when we have to really go towards that direction. And uh, our life is going to be wonderful. It is wonderful already. <laughs> Got it. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for today's episode, visit our website, my7chakras.com forward slash 221. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 221. Go to the link. You'll be able to see all the quotes that we've shared today. You'll be able to see the uh, action step as well as the link uh, that you need in order to learn more about what we are speaking about today. And before moving on, a word from our sponsor, Gaia.com. Explore the vast traditions of yoga with the Gaia Original Series Yogic Paths. Filmed across India, the 13-episode series captures the beauty of mystical Indian landscapes and never-before-seen ashrams while taking the viewer on a journey through the many traditions of yoga. While the practice of physical postures called asanas is most well-known in the West, understanding the full scope of this rich and varied tradition gives meaning and power to the yoga that we know today. 
Action Tribe, since you're listening to this show, it's clear that you are interested in topics such as chakras, yoga, and self-realization. And you know exactly where to go for audio content and interviews. And I sure hope you feel this way about our show, My 7 Chakras. But where do you go if you want a streaming TV video service with the same values and similar content? The answer is Gaia.com. To start watching this show, The Yogic Paths, as well as get your first month at Gaia for just 99 cents, visit Gaia.com forward slash My 7 Chakras. That's G-A-I-A dot com forward slash My S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Action Taker, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I hope you've subscribed to our show as well so that you can re-listen to this episode whenever you want on your phone. As you head out into the world to take action and transform your life, I want to take a few moments to talk about a very important topic that is not talked about much. And that is the topic of death. This is one of the most powerful concepts to mankind. Everyone is afraid of death and yet everyone wants to safely experience a bit of it. Think about it. When we go to the movies, sometimes people are watching horror movies, thriller movies, adventure movies. People love skydiving, bungee jumping and swimming with sharks. Uh, Even Steve Jobs spoke at length and so eloquently about the idea of death. So why is death so attractive a concept? Why is death Uh, you know, why do people want to get a taste of it? And that is because death has a purging effect. It has a way of separating what is important from the unimportant. Those who've tasted death, maybe in in an accident or a drug overdose or a near-death experience, are never the same again. I don't want to sound unpleasant here, but take some time today to think about the positive side of death. Because to be honest, life on earth is so short-lived, we never know when it is our turn. And according to an ancient native Indian quote, death is our eternal companion. It is always to our left and arm's length behind us. Death is the only wise advisor that a warrior has. Whenever he feels that everything is going wrong and he's about to be annihilated, he can turn to his death and ask if that is so. His death will tell him that he is wrong, that nothing really matters outside its touch. His death will tell him, I haven't touched you yet. So Daniel, as on today, what is your life calling? What is your purpose? Uh, Love, unconditional love. This is the the thing that uh, uh, this is so important for me. I I was walking today on the streets of Toronto and uh, I I could feel love for uh, the trees, for the people, for the animals, for the stones, for the uh, up, for the sun, and for the. I I really felt um, love is the most important thing. My 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 call, my just to to feel and to experience love on, on this planet is the language of the heart. I would say it, the love is the language of the heart, unconditional love. Got it. So Daniel, like you mentioned, you at this point in your life are doing so much for the world, right? You're traveling a lot, different countries, you're taking workshops, uh, you, you know, you're sharing your knowledge and really transforming people's lives. And many of our listeners are on the path, you know, they're on the path of finding their life's purpose there. They want to do something that's really meaningful in their lives. So talk to us about what was that defining moment for you that really changed your life? Was there a phrase that you read or an experience that you had or a person that you met? What was that defining moment that really changed things for you? When um, when I 
Was child, I was really enjoying uh, that moment when I was just closing my eyes, sitting on on that uh, plastic uh, bucket, and uh, completely connected with with that time. And later, somehow, somehow I I I got it in this vortex of of, of energies, and and you know I started to live more in the future and so on. So a really important moment in my life when, was when I reconnected with that present. And uh, it, it came just suddenly like a, like a realization. Uh, I, I felt how important it is to go back to that state of childhood when I was just in that moment and uh, there were no memories and no future. Just enjoying that uh, relaxation, that uh, way of living, and uh, from that moment when I realized that, um, I, I whenever my thoughts are going into the past, or they are trying to touch something from the future, I just stop and I just uh, I, I am in in this moment, and that's that's for me was a really important time in my life. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that really, really profound moment uh, where you went back to how you were uh, as a child, your inner child, you tapped into your inner, inner child. And I think many of our listeners have taken that as a cue to do uh, that next. And with that, we've arrived uh, at the last round, which is called the wisdom round. We did this round uh, last time as well, but I'm curious to know if anything has changed at all with uh, you know uh, your, your responses or your answers. But help us understand what is the best advice that someone has ever given you? Uh, stay in my heart. <laughs> that was always the best advice. Uh, and it's interesting because I met, uh, I, I met a couple of really good, I was really lucky to met couple of really good great masters in my life and it doesn't matter if they were the Tibetans or the Lady Anna or it was Drambalo Melchizedek uh, or they were uh, uh, Kriya Yoga great masters or uh, Dalai Lama I met him twice uh, or Anastasia coming to my meditation or Babaji the same thing came from all stay in your heart just stay in your heart and see, sense, and feel from your heart. So uh, I would say the same thing. You know, I, I, that was the best advice that I've got. And uh, I'm trying to follow as much as possible. Thanks for sharing. Could you name a personal habit that keeps you strong? Uh, meditation. Uh, I'm, I'm really um, one of the person that really loves to meditate, not just in the morning I, I i wake up usually very early because i go to bed early around nine o'clock i'm in the bed around three or four i'm up but i like to meditate when i walk or when i make shopping or uh, in a sense that for, for me the, the people think meditation is difficult meditation it's easy quieting your mind that's meditation if people I, I i share this secret in 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 this interview the meditation is the easiest thing that you can do if you can quiet your mind if you take out your thoughts that's easy so um, whenever you have a thought that you f you feel it doesn't work to feed energy with 
just stop the flow of energy. Don't put energy in that thought and empty your mind and you are in a state of meditation. Simple. Wonderful. So what do you do during the first two hours of your day? What is your morning routine like these days? Uh, meditation. <laughs> that's that's because early morning is really the best time to meditate. Uh, I do some Kriya Yoga. I do also some uh, exercises from uh, uh, Tao tradition. Uh, and then uh, I'm just going deep in meditation. I just quiet my mind and I just connect with the divinity. And I just... Uh, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm, I just feel this connection with God and uh, I say thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful to Mother Earth and Father Universe. Uh, I gra- I'm grateful to my higher self that helps me to be who I am. And uh, so the first hours uh, of, of my day I spend being, in, uh, being appreciative for what I, I have. Uh, in my meditation there I just I say uh, all the time and, and I, I'm, I really feel in my heart uh, how fortunate I am, how lucky I am to to feel that, you know. Name a book that you'd like to recommend for our action takers today. I would really, really recommend uh, Dramalo and my uh, book, last book that we co-authored together. It's called Journeys into the Heart. It's a, it's a, it's it's more like a manual. It's not just a simple book. Uh, there are just until now on on this. Uh, planet there are just a, a couple of books that uh, have the there are basically five similar books that have been written on this subject through the whole history of humanity there is Upanishad there is a secret chamber of the heart there is Philokalia there is way of pilgrim the song of Vaitaha and living in the heart so these are the five books similar uh, written on the whole history of humanity so the journeys into the heart is journeys into the heart is really uh, it's a manual of uh, it's maybe probably one of the most important spiritual books on this planet. I really really recommend it. So action drive, I know that you really really love to listen to the books that we recommend during this uh, episode and many of you uh, purchase these books as soon as you hear them shared on the show and that's why audible.com is offering you action tribe one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial you can get to check their amazing service now audible in case you don't know has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android or kindle including books like the chakra system by anadia judith autobiography of a yogi by paramahansa yogananda we spoke about this book today and a new earth by eckhart tolle to download your free audiobook and start listening right away, go to our website my7chakras.com forward slash free book. Once again, that's my7chakras.com forward slash free book and start listening. So Daniel, thank you so much for coming on our show for the second time and really sharing so much information for our listeners. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, before you go, tell us something that you're grateful for and then tell us how we can find you online. I'm I'm. I'm grateful being here speaking with you, um, Aditya. Yeah, this, this, this is important. I mean, this present moment, and I enjoy, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful I'm breathing this uh, beautiful uh, uh, energy. I'm grateful I'm here. I'm grateful uh, we can speak. Uh, I'm grateful uh, I can see a flower and I can speak with a child and with, with um, 
my friends and I can understand so many things around me. I am really, really grateful. Got it. And and your website? How can people my, find uh, you? Oh, my website is really easy. It's uh, my name. So it's uh, www.danielmittel.com D-A-N-I-E-L-M-I-T-E-L.com And again, I recommend also the, the School of the Heart uh, website, which is www theschoolofheart.com so the school of the heart in one single uh, word dot uh, com uh, two really important uh, websites uh, you will find there a lot of exercises and also uh, in the school of the heart you will find the program for the teacher training some some of you might and I would invite you to uh, listen to your heart and see if you want to uh, if you are looking further to teach this uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, technique. So there you go, Action Tribe. If you're listening so far, it means that you're really connected with us today. You've connected with the topic. You really are interested in learning more. Uh, one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because I did some uh, research. I tried to listen to information that I wanted, but I couldn't find, you know, the information that I needed. I couldn't find actionable things that I could do. I couldn't find directions that I need in order to evolve. And that's why I created this podcast to speak to those people who are here to serve, those people who have spent a lot of time uh, transforming people's lives. And one such person is definitely Daniel Mittal. You need to go to danielmittal.com. Go to schooloftheheart.com. You can check out uh, wherever he's, you know, uh, in the world in terms of giving workshops. Uh, You can get his book. We'll have the link for all of these things up in the show notes so that you can click and take action and transform your life as well. So Daniel, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the power of the heart and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you and uh, blessing to all the people who are listening to us. Thank you, Aditya. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.